Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. Joining us today, special guest. Returning all-star guest. Yo. Promoted above the former guest, the shoebox. <laughs> the shoeboxes are still here. <laughs> did you have them mic'd last time? Oh, we did not mic the shoebox. We should have. Well, we did, but the shoebox didn't have much to say. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Some people just don't contribute to the podcast like you would like them to. <laughs> that feels like a sideswipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about the shoebox. He's an asshole. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Fucking shoebox. Anyways, I wanted to tell you guys about something. It's a bit of a, you know, life-changing experience. You know, for me, city life was just getting hard. You know what I mean? You know I how do. city life can just get to you, Erica? I know what you mean, Alex. And I was at work one day, and I opened the drawer, and it had a letter in it from my grandfather. And it was a letter leaving his farm to me. I was like wow, I'm just, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to do it. Just cut the cord and yeah. just, just take the plunge. Yeah. Man. So I moved to the farm and place was a shithole at the beginning, you know, put a lot of work in though, cut some logs up, cut some grass, broke some stones, did a little fishing, planted some crops. A little mining in there? Yeah, I did a little mining. Okay, yeah, cool. a little mining. You know, you have to get resources. Oh, and yeah. Stone very and minerals. Very important. Very important. There were some monsters in there that attacked me. Yeah. They weren't very friendly. No, that's not very I've nice. never seen these, like, slime monsters before anywhere else, but... Everyone else in town, though, I, I think was probably very nice, no? No, they were actually pretty standoffish at first, but, you know, they come around right, eventually. Right, right, for sure. Like all people, when you have money and power, suddenly they want to be your friend. You give them lots of gifts. Weird the way that works. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about, right, Bob? Oh, yeah. I mean, I got the same letter from my grandfather. <laughs> you did? I did. Did you get that letter, Erica? I did. Holy a couple different fuck. times, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex finally started playing Stardew Valley. I am, I am shocked that you... St- this is because Diane conned you into it, right? I wouldn't say conned. It was more like pressured. <laughs> well, or was it that the whole, the rest of the party was playing Stardew Valley and you were no, like, I, I don't want to be left the out? First, I was the first. Yeah, I started other people <laughs> on it. Um, I pressured them after being pressured. There you go. But I, well, it's, I, it's I started the, I started playing it because I was really hoping the multiplayer update would come out sometime this century, as has been promised. But has it not for the Xbox? No. Oh no, the Xbox and PS4 are just eternally in certification hmm. for this update i think it was does jack have it on the switch then yes i think yeah. the switch has it on multiplayer the switch and the pc version and he too. was like you gotta get it on the switch and i'm like i mean i don't have plans to currently but no no you have to get it on the xbox sorry i i don't know so clearly uh you two have been playing it and uh because i was on your steam earlier i've seen how many hours you've played it a lot. Um, How many hours, Bob? Like 400? Not quite. You were 323. Oh, okay. I thought oh, it was more. That's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you, you throw on like a podcast and you just like... The time just melts yeah, away. Yeah, let that shit go. It's great. Not only that, but um, a few years ago, we had like a rough six months where we, we lost a few 
uh, uh, relatives like in rapid succession and it was kind of a shitty time so it was just like I'm just gonna throw on fucking Stardew Valley and like ignore everything so and it's, it's helpful and stuff like that well so you got and you're what like 50 hours in probably more like 60 okay he, now Alex did say that he he would do in 50 hours what took you 100 hours to do that's fine it's not a race <laughs> I don't know if I put it exactly like I'm that. pretty sure that is exactly I think what, what I said, said was I'm doing a lot very quickly because I've been coached on how to do things fast in the game ah gotcha <laughs> Because the game really does just throw you in, and it's yeah. like it doesn't yeah. figure it the fuck out. But nothing's really explained to you. But if you look stuff up, you could start doing things extremely efficiently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like something you would never know. If let's just say you went in blind, and you had no help, and you didn't look anything up, you wouldn't know that at that festival on the thirteenth of the first year that you ever play the game that you could buy strawberries. And strawberries are worth a shitload of money. So if you don't know that, you might go into that festival with no money. Right, not realizing but, that, oh shit, I could buy these and make some bank. Right, but because I knew that, I kind of was ready and had planned out all the crops to be sold by that point. So I had the maximum amount of money I possibly could when that day hit. And then it's like, oh, you buy 70 strawberries, you know. And then off to the races you go. <laughs> so I, I had a feeling this might come up today. So uh, I I installed Stardew Valley. Played it for five seconds? Play yeah. for maybe half an hour during th- throughout All Out. Uh, and I can see how it's insanely addicting. Uh, There's never enough time in the day, Bob. No, I was sitting here. I was like, I've done three things. And it's already the next well, day. Well, and especially at the beginning when your energy, like, is you pretty... You have no energy. Yeah. You have to water everything. The watering everything yourself is like, oh, once you can start making sprinklers, it's like, oh, okay. This is so much better. <laughs> I I don't think I can ever, like, start a brand new game on that. Because once you're in the sprinkler life... It's hard to go back. <laughs> there's no going back. But there's all sorts of different, you know... What is there, like six different terrains you can start with? Yeah. You got to do the hilltop one, Alex. No. There's a hilltop one. There's like a water one that you can do. I've only ever done the forest. I just did the standard. And then the standard, I think, are my two, the two farms that I've done. Yeah. So I'm in summer of the second year, and I'm already at the point where I essentially have infinite money and the community center's done <laughs> I will say that's fast I've I've center. pretty much beaten the game what I do now but you can keep going what I do now is I've been working on so at the adventurers guild there's like the list of killing a bunch of stuff so I've been working on that list to get those items and in the meantime I'm praying a prismatic shard drops so I can get a sweet sword <laughs> Has that ever happened for you? I've gotten prismatic uh, uh, shards before. Um, Legitimately? Like in the field? Yeah. Just like playing the game. Because yeah. I know there's a bunch of like glitches. Like you can name an animal when oh, you go no. to buy it no, as an I item haven't done number. It like that. And then no. they just like 
No, I found them either um, really deep in the skull cavern or um, it's probably just in the skull cavern because I don't know that they show up in the normal mines. Apparently, once you've reached the bottom of the mines, they can show up. They have an extremely low chance to show up on any monster kill. Well, then maybe that's what it's been. But no, I've gotten them legitimately. Yeah, Not like a like ton. A, they don't they drop They have like often. a 0.05% drop rate. But so it's quite bad. Yeah, I've seen them. Yes. Have you gotten to... So I'm assuming you've gotten to the bottom of the mines. Yeah. Well, that's what I really prioritized was doing the mines as fast as I possibly could while making as much money as I could on the crops. Mm-hmm. Because... And I kind of foregoed um, the villagers. For a while my first like really my first playthrough i didn't really fuck with the villagers too much until like year three or year four yeah so what i did was i really focused on crops and then watering them and that would pretty much drain all your energy and then what i would do is i would go to the spa because if you go to the spa and you hang out in the pool for a minute you get your energy back for the from to the day and then i would go to the mines and do what i could or if it rained, I would just go to the mines right away. Because yeah. those are the best days when you don't have to water your crops. Yeah, especially at the beginning. But, yeah, I was just trying to get down in the mines. Because if you can get the silver ore and the gold ore, you can make the standard sprinkler, like the middle level sprinkler. Yeah, like the, uh, what is it, the... And they can water eight spots. The eight spots. Yeah, because yeah. the ones that I never even made the one that watered four spots because it just felt like a complete waste of time. I mean, at the beginning, I would when I first discovered I could make it. I was like, oh, OK, this will make things a little easier. But once you get the eight by eight, the eight ones, it's yeah. I mean, you want the iridium ones, or ideally, but yeah. well, and the that uh, monster Krobus will sell you an iridium one every Friday. So I've just been going to him every Friday now because, like I said, I essentially – I make, like, $30,000 a day doing nothing <laughs> because I've got, like, an animal farm. Mm-hmm. But – um, no, literally, Bob, this is what I did. So I made a deluxe barn. Then you get pigs, and the pigs give you shitloads of truffles. And oh, yeah. Those pigs are, like – Gold mines. Bonkers with the truffles. <laughs> and then what I did was I went – Wait, can I build a second barn? Yeah, I think you can, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. You can build as many barns as you want. So I built a second barn, (laughs) and I filled it up. With pigs. With more pigs. And so now, when I go out there, there's like a thousand truffles waiting for me every day. So I just have unlimited money. I'm doing crops in the summer. I'm never doing crops again. Because it's actually a complete waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) Like... The first day of summer, I put down 300 blueberries or 350 blueberries, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, yeah, it's nice on the what, 10th day or whatever I get $100,000, but what do I need it for? You know, I've upgraded everything to the uh, maximum. Right, I already have all of this money, so it's just the, kind of The only money. thing I'm really saving up for is that return scepter. Mm-hmm. I like the return scepter. Return scepter? So the return scepter. Go, go ahead, Erica. What it does is it gets you right back to your house instantly. So if you're out, what's, what's the maximum time you could step till 2 in the morning? Yeah, 2 in the morning you pass out. Right. So if you pass out in the mines or anywhere not on your farm, you lose a bunch of shit, which is not ideal and very frustrating. Right. 
So you want to, if you get the return scepter, you can uh, use that, and it takes you right back to your house, so you can get to bed before two o'clock. So you can stay out to yeah. the very last minute. That's how I ended up at the bottom of the skull cavern. Was because I could stay out till two, and then I got there at like you know one fifty one night, and it was like oh thank fucking Christ, and then I went home. Ah. Uh. So it was like level 150. Of the, I forget what the level is they ask you to get the to. The regular mines are 120. And <clears throat> I think the skull is 100, isn't it? Maybe that's what it was. Because there's a, there's a level they ask you to get to. And when you get to like, I want to say it's above 80. Everything down there is like, it's like all of the iridium ore. It's it's insane. Oh, I yeah, I need iridium ore. So I can upgrade all my stuff because everything's gold. You know how you could get iridium? By scanning planets from the Normandy. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> this is killing Bob, this conversation. It's just killing No, I, I, I think I think it's an interesting game. Um I find it very Bob, relaxing. the nice thing is is you can play this game anywhere. Well, yeah, because I could take my laptop anywhere. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well here's here's what kills me is I wish this is this is a class of games that's like this is exactly right for you should be able to like save your game and then play it literally anywhere whether you have the game on Xbox or yeah, your the phone ideally would have cross save yeah um and you know especially cuz I started playing another game recently called Hearthstone mm and that has cross save. Let's talk about that for a moment. Erica, have you played Hearthstone? Uh yeah, I saw Bob playing it when we were on vacation and then I was like, "Oh, can I have a turn?" And I did better than he did instantly. He got really mad and then he was like, "You can download your own thing." So I have it on my phone. Have you ever played Magic? I believe I played Magic with you a couple times many, 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 many moons ago. Okay. So, I've been telling Bob if he likes Hearthstone, he should try magic even though he never will because it's like Hearthstone if you want to actually use your brain. I think you should give it a try. I remember it being fun. Magic is really fun. I mean, I, I, not opposed to it, but it seems like I'll have to like think a lot harder. I don't know. And you have a couple decks, right? So it's not like you would have to go out and buy your own. Alex can hook you up. Yes, I have plenty of magic cards. Well, the, the thing with magic is you never actually want to go buy packs of magic cards because it's a complete waste of money. You just want to figure out what cards you like and then buy them individually. Gotcha. Because they're generally way cheaper other than the mega expensive cards, of course, that are like hundreds of dollars. But most cards that you would use in a deck are like cents. Hmm. Oh, there's a place that I used to go play uh D&D Adventures League at in um, just down the road from here and they sold a bunch of uh, magic cards that if people come in and play that while mm. we were D&D yeah I don't want to go play magic with random people in like a comic book shop because I just imagine them being the biggest losers well it's also just kind of the I also appreciate you imply that I'm a huge loser for going and playing D&D at these places <laughs> no 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 but um, I'm talking about the magic people specifically I think it was very it's it's a close-knit kind of group of people who i think are just maybe at one point started going there and didn't know everybody but now they all know each other mm. so 
but I feel you. It can be kind of weird going and like I didn't have anybody to play D and D with when I went, so it was just kind of like. See, I think there's an inherent difference between D and D and Magic, though, where you know D and D is generally a cooperative thing, right? Versus Magic, which is a competition. Yes. So you can go in and just be a huge asshole as long as you stick to the rules. I mean, well, there were huge assholes in the Adventure League as well. It's one of the yeah. reasons I stopped going, but you know, eh. yeah. But, but I mean, fun. as it a competition, was, if you're playing nice... against an asshole, that just provides motivation. Mm. To be like, no, I'm gonna get you, motherfucker. It was. It's just nice that uh, they have that kind of thing where if you don't know somebody who plays and you want to try, yeah, you can go and you can play. You and for the most part, people are fairly, like, cool and welcoming. Bob, with the hat on right now and the headset and the glasses, I don't know why, but you're like Seth Rogen's doppelganger. <laughs> He's not uh, smoking the biggest spliff in the universe, though. No, I'm also is he not, not ripped. Like Seth do- Rogen's doppelganger? I don't think Seth Rogen is ripped. Oh, wait, no, no. I, I heard... You heard Jonah Hill. No. Who is also not ripped Seth anymore. Rogen no, lost no, a lot of weight. No, I He's not I ripped, heard though. I heard Seth Rollins. Oh. Oh. I don't know why, but okay, Seth Rogen. Got it. We're we're now yeah, on Seth the same Rogen plane. Seth Rogen makes more sense. Yes. I was like, that doesn't make any kind of sense. Sweet. Maybe I could become an esports commentator. Let me let me tell you something else about Stardew Valley. It's so funny how video games are where do you remember those enemies that are early on in the mines that come out of the ground and attack you? Yeah. So I've been trying to go back and I just want to kill a few of them to, you have to, to complete the, the thing. Guild, yes, right. to complete the list. Suddenly that's the rarest enemy in the game. Because like, they only come up in like the soft soil, right? Everywhere I used to go when I was in those sections where they would spawn in the mine. Every time I would step on the sand, there would be one there. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time. Yeah. It's like the game knows. Now that I need one. Yeah. Or in it's this like, case, nah. like 13. It's like, nah. It's the rarest enemy. Never in the again. Game. Yeah. I hate shit like that. So that, that reminds me of back when um, I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And it had the most arbitrary system for upgrading your satchels and your you know your caches um kill like four rabbits and you could never I find remember, a fucking rabbit i don't remember what animal you were looking for but there was one animal that you could not find and it was fucking hilarious i was so angry i'm like where the fuck is this thing and i know we've i've we've talked about this before on the podcast for sure but i hate i hated in that game and i hate in any game where you have an item, whatever item it is, wood, stones, arrows, whatever the fuck. I hate when it stacks to a certain size and then you need another stack of it yeah, rather than just stacking infinitely or to whatever they want the max to be. Yeah. And then... Like you're taking up room in my stuff. And then not only does each thing stack to a certain size, but they all have different stack sizes. Yeah. It's the dumbest shit. Like, Destiny loves to do this. In Destiny, there will be one thing that stacks to 20, and then another thing that stacks to 999, and then another thing that stacks to 9,999. Right, and you're like, why? And it's like, 
Who decided this? What the fuck? Pick one and stick with <laughs> this it. This doesn't... Every game that does this, like Horizon Zero Dawn, it doesn't add anything to the game. All it adds is me fucking around in the menus, which is the worst experience. Which I don't want to do. See, I feel like the, the, the people who design that system are the people who want to play D&D and actually track weight. And those are monsters. <laughs> yeah, and I don't care about weight in any game. Like, when I played Skyrim, the first mod I would install would be Infinite Weight. Because it doesn't add anything to the game it's for just, me. It's just frustrating. It's annoying. Yeah. It's Especially just, with a game like that that has a terrible menu system. I don't want to be in it. I want to avoid it and interact with it as little as possible. Well, no one wants to fuck around in the menus. Unless you're like a D&D nerd and you like that kind of thing. I think I think there is some fun inventory management sometimes, but it's got to be executed really well. Like I thought, um, I thought Mass Effect Three did a fairly good job with inventory management. He's gonna tear the fuck out of that pillow. Stop it! And it's attached. Can you go after a different pillow? No, that's my pillow. That's where I sit. It's my throat. There's one pillow that Bob the dog <laughs> Hi guys. must beat the shit out of every it, look time. At, do look at look at how droopy it is. <laughs> it's, <very> it's, droopy. <laughs> it's like it's all fucked up. Hi guys. And, and, you know, and you know what it is because he doesn't do that when we're not doing the podcast. So it's a give me attention. It's give me attention because you closed all the doors upstairs and I can't go eat the tissues on the uh, bedside table. I can't go pee in the bathroom because you guys closed that door too. Pay attention to me, you assholes. <laughs> Diane has a dog, and if she leaves her bathroom door open by accident, the dog immediately goes for the toilet paper. Ooh, that's no shreds <laughs> it into a million yeah, pieces. That's no good. No. That's a, that's okay. He doesn't no. do that, but like if you leave a tissue on your nightstand from like the night before or whatever, you forget to grab it and throw mm. it out in the morning. He he like just goes up and he's like, Ooh, tissues. So let me ask you, do you know anything about how the Stardew Valley multiplayer works? No, I don't. Because I'm just, I know there's like, you can kind of go to your own area and do your own thing. I'm just wondering how it all like interacts together in the end and how you help each other and everything. Because it is a very kind of like solo play experience. Well, I think the nice thing about multiplayer would be like, if you love fishing... You could just go fish all the time, and I could go mine all the time, and someone else could go tend to the crops all the time, or whatever right. is like your favorite part of the game. Go do that, and we'll all just kind of coalesce at night, and yeah, yeah, just just get into bed together and snuggle yeah. up. Oh yeah, because yeah. if there's one kids. thing I've learned in Stardew Valley, it's that watering is very tiring. It's exhausting. Uh, <laughs> lugging water around is hard. It's not this hard, Bob. And in Stardew Valley, I s you'll water like a 100 by 100 foot patch of land. And your guy will act like you've just ruined his whole life. Yeah, you're done. You gotta take a nappy nap. <laughs> like doing this, like just turning your hand over with a watering can is the most Do you know how much the water world. you have to carry to do that? Well, I have a watering can. I know how much it weighs. It's especially annoying when it's it's the early water can, the iron watering can. You only water one spot. Right. You can only water a couple spots. Then you got to go and re-up. So you got to make that trek back to the little watering hole. Unless you've built a well 
it, it's it, sprinklers. Sprinklers is the way to go. That's, a, that's why I can never restart because without sprinklers, I'm just, it's not even fun. It's rough. It's <laughs> a little once rough I, at the beginning. Once I got sprinklers, it was like, oh, oh my God. Well, how I long did it take you to get sprinklers? It doesn't take you that long to get the sprinklers. It takes at least two seasons, realistically. Unless you just forego making money. Hmm. If you want to make money, that's going to take a lot of time. Hmm. And there was something else. Oh, okay. So what I did was, after I did all that, mm-hmm. I figured out the fruit from fruit trees is universally liked by all the villagers. Oh, so you just started using that as your gifts for everybody? So what I did was, I planted 12 fruit trees in my greenhouse. And every day, once they're, because they're all done now, they're all ready to go, and they just pop a fruit out every day. So every day I go grab my 12 fruit, and I take them around town, and everyone loves me now. It's taken like 10 days of in-game time, and my heart ratings have just shot Shot through through the the roof. roof. (laughs) Like, I was joking last night, every time I go into town or I go into anyone's house now, a cutscene plays. (laughs) Nice. Yes. It's a delightful game and everyone should play it, basically. It, it is. It's very, it's very addicting. And I'm glad one person made it and priced it fairly. Actually, really underpriced it, realistically. But For the amount of time that I've spent with it, yes. yes. Like you should just go buy it three more times just to like <laughs> make it right for how much you've played it. But if this was like EA and EA released the exact same game... It'd be riddled with microtransactions. Oh, yeah. They'd, they'd have ruined it for sure. And everything would take 17 times as long without spending money. It's just so nice to get a game that's like a a, a condensed package. and It really is. That, that's just what it is. Here is your, here's the game for the money you have spent. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, and for the type of game it is and everything, I think the, the pixel art is really good. The art yeah. on the character portraits is really good. It's really, the music is good. The winter music is weird. Doesn't the winter music seem out of place with the rest of the game? Slightly. I yes. like it, but it's like this weird, how would you describe the winter music? It's like do 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 do. It's like slower than everything else. It's It's like... I don't know. It almost feels like it belongs in like Blade Runner or something. <laughs> like it's compl- it's like it belongs in a sci-fi movie. It's very weird. What do you got, Bob? What do you want to talk about? I'm just gonna you say, got something you know, on your mind, Bob. You know what we picked up? We got the Batman 1989 release uh-huh. on f- well, the, the 4K. I'm very That was a great moment, Erica, on Friday or when was it? Thursday, maybe? It was Friday. Was it Friday? And who was just like, hey, did we have Batman in 4K? No, I'm buying it. <laughs> Do you prefer that movie over the Christopher Nolan Batmans? Well, that's a tough question. That's See, tough because they're different movies. And because 89 is so not rooted in reality. You know, 89 is, I think, a lot more comic booky than the Christopher Nolan movies are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you did look at them side by side, you would have to say, like, objectively that the Nolan movies are better. But I love that 89 Batman. It's delightful. And it gave yeah. us the animated series, so. 
I just love those Nolan movies, and the the music is so great in them. And oh, I have the every one of the soundtracks and listen to them fairly frequently. Christian Bale is such a great actor. That's why I really did. I think Ben Affleck made a mistake when he took that role because I like Ben Affleck. I think he's a solid actor. Mm-hmm. He's a great director. He's a great writer, but he's not Christian Bale, and that's that's tough. That's tough shoes to fill. It's from hard an to follow somebody who so correctly embodied the character. And also, Zack Schneider is not Christopher Nolan, which no. creates a <laughs> very big issue. Well, and you also had, you know, Warner Brothers in DC being like, "Well, we need to do the team up movie second. and it's just like, no. well, I think so. It, when people talk about the Spider Man movies. And you know the we if you look at um, well which ones are you talking about? well are you going back to Raimi well yeah if we go back to Raimi and, and just talk about the Spider Man actor so you got Tobey Maguire um, you got Andrew Garfield and now Tom Holland and what a lot of people the comparison that I, I hear a lot is that uh, Tobey Maguire great Peter Parker oh, okay Spider Man Andrew Garfield terrible Peter Parker great spider-man and tom holland really fits that sweet spot between the two um i thought christian bale is an excellent batman not a great bruce wayne in my opinion i think he's still a great bruce wayne i thought he did pretty good as bruce wayne i don't know i I didn't feel it as much Hmm. but i thought i thought ben affleck could be like a really great bruce wayne and what we saw, I thought he was. Now, the question is, you know, he I mean, didn't have time to... I will say he's one of the better parts of Batman v Superman, Colin Dawn of Justice. Yeah. But that He's movie, doing his best. With a not shit like movie. It's not right. like he's mailing it in or something. No, he's trying. He's yeah. obviously trying. It's just then you realize, oh my God, I mean, I'm in a big stinking piece of shit. Well, and I'm sure Ben Affleck, with all the experience and knowledge he has, can read a script and realize that there's a problem. It really feels like a situation of someone came up to him and said, uh, hey, Ben, we'd like you to be Batman. And like the comic nerd in the back of his head was like, yes, yes, yes. And then he didn't think it through before he signed the paperwork. And then he looked at it and was like, oh, shit. Oh, no. or, or they Fuck. told him or they told him if you just did this one shitty team up movie. Will let you write your and produce your own Batman movie, and then um, he realized he actually didn't have autonomy. <laughs> uh, I can't uh, speak. Yeah, I know it's autonomy. Thank you. Right, um, right and then it's like, oh, and well, then fuck he got that. out. Yeah. Oh, Warner Brothers is terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just it's crazy that they thought that they could do in like three years what marvel took like a decade to do yeah just like what shifting gears a little bit i didn't get to talk to you about this yet erica Hmm. hobbs and shaw was such a disappointing movie no i heard you didn't like it that movie fucking sucked i mean i don't think it was a good movie but i was thoroughly entertained See, like, I and I'm sure I've beaten this to absolute death on this podcast, but I'm not going into the movie expecting an Academy Award winner. 
Oh, I wasn't either. I like would like some great memorable lines. I would like some memorable set pieces. And I would like some banter. See, Alex. And I got nothing. Alex, we. I got fucking nothing. Eric and I were talking about this. I think the problem is that you want it to be commando. And it's just, there's nothing's ever going to be commando. Well, I didn't expect it to be as, as good as commando. But <laughs> I've seen a lot of great rock movies. Like, look, um, what Central Intelligence with Kevin Hart. That was good. I actually haven't seen that one. That's a really good movie. And it's yeah. a, essentially a buddy comedy, which is pretty much what Hobbs and Shaw was trying to be. Mm-hmm. Except it wasn't funny. <laughs> I mean, I found parts probably that I wasn't supposed to be laughing at, but I found parts fucking hysterical. Yeah. No, I mean I hear I hear you, and like I don't feel a compulsion to go back and watch it again. No. You're never going to watch it again. No, no. I, I mean it, it. I could watch Commando right now. I like. What was it? Was it Seven? Was really good. Um, I mean, Seven's Fast like Five was good. Fine, you know, because it's the one where Paul Walker like drives into heaven. And then Eight was good because of Torment that, is in there. That prison scene. That is the best thing ever in that franchise. <laughs> shifting shifting gears again, I just thought of this because we were talking about Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Shit. <laughs> the guy who wrote that script, guess what other script he's apparently the writer on? What is that, David S. Goyer? Or no? No, it's someone else. Who I don't wrote that movie? David S. Goyer wrote Man of Steel. Which was better than Batman versus Superman. That is an objective truth, yes. I still not crazy about Not a that great movie. movie either. But that movie was like the opposite of Wonder Woman. Like, you know, like my theory is Wonder Woman was like really good until the last twenty minutes. Man of Steel was like I don't know. <laughs> I guess Man of Steel was the same actually, where it was really good for a while. But then it like went off a went off a cliff. I let just like a million feel people like die. it. It just fundamentally misunderstands Superman. And when he lets his dad die and everything is, <laughs> or when okay. his dad is like, okay, sorry, "Why didn't, that movie you, sucks why didn't you let the bus full of children die?" Like, well, I couldn't. Are you serious? Fuck I, you, Kevin Costner. I, I also yeah, I love what he's like. No. Don't help me in the middle of this tornado. People will see. Yeah, you, you know what? Good. Fine. He's you know gonna, what? It's going to be then. a blink of an eye. No right. one's going to no see. No one's going to know. Also, there's a big fuck tornado right there. No one's paying attention to you. The parts on Krypton were great in that movie, though, with Russell Crowe. Yeah, that stuff was interesting and it had potential, but then. And uh, the guy, what's the guy who was playing Zod? The guy from Boardwalk Empire. It's Michael Shannon, right? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Oh, he was great. He was trying as he was. Evidently, so... he regularly hangs out a bar. In Chicago. Well, oh, because he used to act, uh, I think he just plays at the Steppenwolf. Yeah. I love that scene where they're sending him to the Phantom Zone. And he's like, I will oh, he's going find for him. Yeah. And he's so, it's like so over the top, but it's perfect for the movie it's Right, in. because it's a comic book movie. We're allowed to have a little fun. You know, can we do something here, please? Okay, anyways. Sorry. The script writer on that movie, Batman versus Superman. Guess what else they're writing? I'll give you two guesses. It's a big movie, huge movie coming out this year. This year. This year. What the Joker movie is it? Oh, really? Oh, that's unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently the same writer is doing uh, Rise of the Skywalker. I did look. David S. Goyer was tied to Batman v Superman, Colin Dunn does this. Okay. In like as a well. story like. I don't know. Okay. They both have writing credits. So I don't know who did what. Bob, did I'm show me. I'm officially super concerned. I, I think that's cause for super concern. Bob uh, and I watched the trailer for that the other day, and it was kind of hilarious because they're acting like this is the end of the Star Wars movies. Like, the trailer was just showing all of this old stuff, and it's like, you're still making Star Wars movies. I know the assholes who ruined Game of Thrones are going to be making a new trilogy, so, like... Well, they'll take... (laughs) Before they get a chance, J.J. Abrams is like, hold my lunch. I got this. (laughs) Have you seen The Last Jedi? We were actually talking about potentially going back and watching everything because, like, I haven't watched The Last Jedi since we saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going back and doing everything. That's a bad, that's a bad idea. I like The idea. Force Awakens. Content, Alex. Content. Force Awakens is a good movie. I dug The Force Awakens. It's just essentially a fan fiction of another movie, but nonetheless, but, still well, a good movie. So that's the funny thing because, you know, that's J.J. Um, and... JJ, I I don't think I've ever seen a movie from JJ that I'm like, wow, this is a great movie. But everything I've, most of the stuff I've seen from him has been like, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, but he still fine. gets keeps getting all these huge projects because he's touted as like the next Steven Spielberg. Yeah, no, I'm just telling you that's that, what it that's is. what that's yeah that's the way they position him. Oh, that's fine, but I'm just saying no. I don't know what well, else. Spielberg's not even the next Spielberg anymore. Well, but. Spielberg collapsed under the smell of his own farts. So, I mean, did you see Ready Player One? No, not yet. Yeah, don't, don't. I've heard some people like that movie. <laughs> some people are stupid. That's true. You guys like Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> I was entertained by Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. The, fun, the greatest thing about that movie is the very end where they've got the shot of the rock and they're like at the house or whatever. And you got Roman Reigns over his left shoulder. And then they cut to, like, where The Rock is talking to uh, Jason Statham. And Roman Reigns is over his shoulder. And it's like, is he running back and forth? Or is this just Vince being like, if my man's going to be in your movie, he needs to be in all these shows. I thought it was actually embarrassing that he had zero lines and no one knew who he was. Like, in my theater, there was no reaction. And... If, like, say it was 2005, let's say, and Stone Cold Steve Austin oh, a was standing right there in the same spot, and the exa- everything's the same except it's Stone Cold. Even today, if it was Stone Cold standing right there and he's an honorary Samoan. There's a reaction. There would be a reaction in the theater. No can we? Can we just... Better movie. <laughs> I, 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 just, I want to take a moment just to picture Stone Cold just hanging out. Just hanging out in that at scene. That house. With a beer. Just chilling. And Throw one be, back for the working man, Bob. That actually shows you where pro wrestling is at, though, that no one knows who Roman Reigns is, and he's been the top guy for five years. Yep. Yeah, there wasn't a reaction. Uh, we reacted. I think we laughed pretty hard, but yeah. um, there wasn't a reaction in the theater. Yeah, he was – it's like – he was just there, and it's. I guess it's nice that The Rock got his cousin in his big movie. But where were the Usos? <laughs> probably had to work. Weak. Did you see Skyscraper? No, that stupid that movie. Terrible. But it was fun. I but it was that. really stupid. 
Uh, that was one we did a big like movie watching like session over uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and we had watched the Meg, which we were super disappointed in. Yeah, because it's Jason Statham in a giant shark movie. Like that did not look good either. It wasn't. It wasn't very good. But Skyscraper ended up being the ridiculous fun that we were looking yeah. for. Sky- the Meg was bad for reasons that we didn't anticipate it being bad for. It was boring. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. That was like my dis. That was why I was so disappointed in Hobbs and Shaw. That previous Fast and the Furious where The Rock and Jason Statham were together and there was the whole prison break scene and all that. Everything they did together in that movie was a great scene, great great banner, great script, great action. Everything was perfect with those guys. And then whatever happened... They forgot everything that made those scenes great and made a shit movie. I mean, you know, what may have happened, though, is those guys both had a lot more autonomy with this movie and a lot more say, because I think they were both producers. So it's entirely possible that that kind of got in the way of whatever sort of camaraderie was there before. Yeah, whatever, whatever happened, it was just such a disappointment. And I went with my family, and we just kind of turned to each other. I didn't say anything. I was waiting to hear what they said, because I'm like... This movie's bad. <laughs> I didn't want to like color their opinion on it though. And they kind of turned to each other after the movie and they just kind of all go, that movie was bad, right? Like, yeah. I liked Idris in it. I thought Idris did. A good he job. did his best. I mean, there were, you know, it's fun stuff, but it didn't, it didn't leave me feeling like, I'm not like I'm salivating for the next like Hobbs and Shaw movie. No, no, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd even go see it because I couldn't be fooled by the trailer again because the trailer for this one was... I mean, all the trailers were great. Oh, when we first saw the yeah. trailer, we were going fucking bananas. No, I think this would be... I mean, if when the next one comes out, we'd probably go see it for the podcast. But if we weren't doing the podcast, I it would definitely be a situation of I'd have to hear other people that went that really enjoyed it. Or you rent yeah. it when you have like a... Like, or, or it comes up on Netflix or something. Right, right. Yeah, the feedback would have to be amazing. Yeah. Are you looking forward to Borderlands 3? Um, I mean, we've got a lot of the mind grapes right now, but yes, I am. It's it's Borderlands. I've enjoyed those couple games, and um, I'll probably end up getting it. We played a fair amount of two. Um, I really liked the first one. We never finished it, but... Well, I went back and finished it. We didn't did. finish it cooperatively. No. Alex, I'm the worst. Well, we had, like, a Saturday where we were able to sit down and, like, play for a while, and then shit comes up, and I was just like, all right, I'm just going to. And that's a game I definitely, like, I would, I I, I need to play that with someone else, like, just kind of those loot grinding games. Well, I think two was better about that over one. One was very, very, very grindy. Yeah. Two had a better story and better... uh, Motivations. Well, flush out the characters. There really isn't. Too. I'm trying to remember in one. Is there really a bad guy? It's just really the corporations, but there's yeah. not anything. Like you're fighting two, against Hyperion, but it's just like a faceless corporation. Two, you get Gentleman Jack, right? Handsome, that Jack. Handsome Jack. Handsome Jack is one and of the best video games. He's a delight. Ever. So um, I made a pony out of diamonds. And then he calls you back like for a minute later and he's like, I just want to clarify. It's an alive pony <laughs> made out of diamonds. Like, just so you know. 
It's a diamond pony. It's that kind of crazy banter you get, like when you, I'm replaying Bioshock for the thousandth time, and um, I'm in uh, Fort Frolic with Sander Cohen right now. Mm-hmm. You get that real good banter with Sander Cohen, who's just like so fucking balls out insane. It, it's similar to that. Bioshock's another game for the list. We started oh, yeah. a list last week. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the best games ever, although there is, of course, crossover. But games, if you're a gamer, that you should play. Oh, Bioshock should definitely be on that list. Yeah. Yes. There were stuff like Doom, like the original Doom. Oh, yeah. And it's like, how have people not played? Like, I understand if you're like, you know, 25, like you didn't grow up with it. But how do you not play the original Doom? That game inspired every well, other first-person so here, shooter. Here's an, here's an interesting thing. I'll also say, though, some people have a hard time with graphics. Yeah. Get over it. I agree with you. Well, I think... So, here, here's an interesting thing. Because, like, let's say you are... Let's say you are a student of music, right? You're really into music. You're, you know, maybe... Um, there may be genres of music that you're not... That are not your favorite... But you're going to go back and you're going to listen to them and you're going to study them and you're going to try and see where the what came before, how, what came before, how it influenced the Right. How you got to where we are. So if you are truly a if you are a student of games as a media and an art form, um, you should be going back and doing that, even if you are young and you're you grew up in the world of HD gaming you should go back and play Doom. Well, and, and the other thing is, all of that shit is so like readily available. There's really not an excuse. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember what two first-person shooters I was talking about, but I was talking with some people about these two games, and they were like, "Oh, well, this game kind of cribbed off that game," and I was like. Not really. I mean, other than the fact that they're burst, both FPSs. Was it Quake? We, no, it wasn't Quake, but um, and it was just like, look, if we're doing like this argument, then every game ever cribbed off Doom, <laughs> you know, like every first person shooter, <laughs> right, for sure, yeah, right. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, like whatever. Games should be copying other games way more often. Like if someone does something the best way it can be done, and it works, and you should just copy it, right? Rather than being like, oh, I'm a creative person, so I need to make my own spin on this, and well, then make a worse well, version. And well, I'll say though, but if you're a creative person and you can find a new, like, interesting way to do it, hey, go ahead, fine. that's fine. But most people are not like. But that. I think there's two ways to be creative in gaming. There's, there's there is the narrative, and there's the gameplay, and. You know, a lot of times, you know, if someone gets gameplay down, like, keep that gameplay, just give me new narrative, you know? And Hello, Final Fantasy series. <laughs> like, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have a really good reason to change the gameplay, don't. Because Final Fantasy, I think it's 11, it's a memorphiger. And then 12, they kept that similar combat. And I was like, uh, no. <coughs> Man, turn-based, please. I know we're bouncing all over the place, but Bioshock, other than that boss battle at the very end, is essentially a flawless video game. Correct. The final boss is lame as shit. Yeah. I think you can argue, I mean, we're, what, that game came out like 13 years ago at this point. After, post Would You Kindly, 
once that revelation happens. Post-Andrew Ryan, it's kind of like, okay. The game's still... No, I still enjoy the it's rest It's still of that good. Game. It's just, that's kind of your... Like, the proving grounds are just, like, it, it's fine. But I, I do like all the sections uh, uh, when you're in Apollo Square and you're really seeing, like, how shit it really got, you know? Yeah. Um, that, that game is a masterful... Is like a master class in. Uh, uh, um, well, I think every game that, environmental storytelling. Yes, I think that's exactly what I was getting. At. I think every game that kind of does the, you're in the middle of the downfall of society. Those games are general. If you do that right, that's generally a very interesting place to be. Oh yeah. Even if it's a contained society like Rapture. But they did a really good job with the uh, audio logs. Yeah. Like, there's some that are from, like, that Diane McClintock character. You get a bunch from her, and you kind of see how she went from point A to point Z and what ultimately happens to her. Um, no, that game's fucking great. I love that I'm, game. I'm looking forward to Bob possibly actually playing Burial at Sea Part 2 in Bioshock Infinite. He needs to. Because so I started good. it. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. I, I was trying to play the other night. And it's just stuff like that because it's it's hard to play while you're talking to people. Yeah, it's so narrative heavy. So I I only got like ten minutes in, and I said, you know what, I'll come back and get this. But without saying anything else, that game has major Bioshock story implications. Yeah, it's awesome though. No, I just I just got uh, I got as far as the part where um, Elizabeth realizes she died. Oh, so really early on. Yeah. So the and that's and so I'm back in Rapture and that's about it. I mean, that's one of the coolest parts of Infinite, like right at the end when you like you go through the tear and you're down in Rapture and it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. I I liked the I think, story in Infinite and the ideas it had were really good, but The gameplay in Infinite was really good too. Yes it was. Mm -hmm. The gameplay was way better than Bioshock One because Bioshock 1, you could essentially just dominate the whole game by shocking enemies and meleeing them with the wrench. You never even had to use a gun other than the big daddies. Um, and you really didn't even have to use a gun against the big daddies. It would just make it easier. Like you shotgun them a couple times. But Infinite, I felt, had a way more wide variety of fun-to-use yeah, weapons. Mm -hmm. Bioshock, I never played Bioshock 2. My under my take of Bioshock 2 from what I've seen has been, well, people just wanted to play as a big daddy. It's still a fun game. The Bioshock gameplay is 2. good. The story is a little like... <laughs> a little it's, weird. It's basically just like... It's kind of like... the la It's kind of like The Force Awakens. Someone did a fan fiction of Bioshock. I, I think personally that Bioshock 2 fits that more than The Force Awakens does, but I... I yeah, I think that's... Because it's like, okay, well, but then there was all this other stuff going on that we didn't talk about in the first game, you know? Right. And it's just with how detailed that all was, it's like, well, that don't make no sense. And it was a fun game. I enjoyed yeah. it. No, it's still a good game, but it's not must-play like the other two. And it's too bad that they got out of that whole thing because I would have liked to seen what else Ken Levine had in store. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to talk about AEW? Sure. Hold on, hold on. 
before we get into well, what else was on your list i'm curious of must play games oh jesus there's so many games erica we we were going out about it for a while like you know you're thinking of a lot of, about a lot of nintendo games right like super mario brothers oh well yeah. or super mario world super mario 64 well here's a question for you what what is the better game mario 3 or super mario world um i haven't played them in so long i can't really remember okay. which one i would prefer i go super mario world every time and i take three i do always enjoy the story of the whole thing that happened with super mario 2 where uh it was like the sequence of events was interesting because Super Mario Brothers 1 came out and smash hit and everything. And then Nintendo released a game to the arcades that was sort of like a sequel, but it was mega hard. And people really liked it in Japan, so they then made Super Mario Brothers 2 mega hard. And they, you know, sent it to America. They sent it to Nintendo of America to try out. And they were like, no. And um, they were like, this game is way too hard and we think it's not going to do well in this market so then they took doki doki panic and they repackaged it and it's funny because doki doki panic or super mario brothers 2 us i guess you would call it is a really good game oh i enjoy the hell out of it it's a ton of fun um and it just because it's repackaged as super mario brothers it's just well and it's so different than the first one uh and what's interesting is I have that cartridge, the Super Mario All-Stars cartridge that has the lost levels. I was just going to say, it came which, out as like the lost levels, right? Which is supposed to be Super Mario Brothers 2 Japan, but I've read that's not even that game. Like, the actual Super Mario Brothers 2 that was originally released in Japan is even harder than hmm. the lost levels. So I kind of want to go find... Um, like a ROM or something? No, I wouldn't do that. That's no, that's illegal. Uh, that's me. illegal. Erica. Pardon me for even suggesting. But if I were to find a way to play it, I would love to try it out just to see like how hard it actually was. Gotcha. Because apparently you need to do like a lot of pixel perfect jumps, Oof. which does not sound enjoyable. No. 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 Controller there, there, rending frustration. But there was a lot of games. I mean, Metroid Prime. Me- like Metroid, Metroid Prime, Prime is like the inspiration for so many first-person shooters now. You can clearly tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could start naming a bunch of games, right? Like I said, the original Doom is a must-play. I would argue... that soundtrack, too. I would argue Tony Hawk 2. Yeah. For that kind of genre of action sport games. Also for the soundtrack. Yes, also for the soundtrack. But, no, I mean, there's a lot. Call uh, of Duty 4. Call of Duty 4 has, like, changed changed video game shooters forever. Like, mm-hmm. that's a game where it's, like, everyone's just been copying Call of Duty 4 for, like, 15 years. Yep. And doing a terrible job of it. I'll be, I'll be curious. I, I, would, I would still want a few years further down the line before... Uh, before we would add add this to the list, but um, I'm curious about what the legacy of Destiny will be long term. I think when when I think about Destiny, what I think about is a game with great gameplay, but stupid develop developers like actual stupidity, a complete disconnect with their audience and what the audience wants, 
and like there's so many destiny is not a thing you could talk about for five minutes because that game has a lot of problems for a great game Mm. it's very weird because you get on destiny and you want to play it because it feels so good to play the movement the abilities the shooting the variety of weapons there's so many things about destiny that are so good but at the same time the story is all hidden in text that no one ever reads the story that's actually presented to you in the game is mostly terrible (laughs) it's like there's so many flaws in the game the loot systems are mostly designed to get you to play more rather than get you to have fun Mm. Uh, there's a bunch of monetization schemes within the game that are just flat out greedy and there's no other way of justifying it and then of course there's the whole thing that when they split from Activision everyone was like oh well Bungie's saved and Destiny's saved they've actually gone harder into the monetization now (laughs) which just goes to show you that it's not always the big bad evil publisher Speaking of Bungie, though, there is a game on the list um, that has uh, that will have a, a long-standing legacy, of course, and that is Halo. Yes, and that should definitely be on the must-play mm-hmm. list. Listen, I got one one more topic to talk about before we jump into wrestling, uh, which you know will probably take two hours. I don't think so. Um, but. Uh, I was texting with you over the last week saying I need a keyboard, mm-hmm. right? And the purpose of this is so I've got upstairs, you know, I have our PC, I've got our Mac, and then I got a docking station for my laptop. So I really didn't want to have just a bunch of different keyboards and mice up there. I wanted multi-device for everything. And I have a mouse that I like that's, that can connect to three different devices perfect but my keyboard was not so i was i was on the look for a keyboard that you know would do that that had a number pad that felt good to type on and i found one but my problem with it is it's just boring it checked every other box on my list but what did you want a keyboard that was rainbow colored i don't know I wanted it to be cool, but th- so and then of course there are cool ones, but they're mostly wired because they're gaming keyboards, and uh, which wouldn't work for multi-device obviously, um, and they also cost like eight thousand hmm. dollars. So, um, so I went to Best Buy, I got the keyboard, um, and not only did it check all of my boxes, it was cheap it was like 30 bucks and i had a 25 dollars gift card so it was like it was a perfect keyboard and it feels nice to type on it's great so i have a boring keyboard that works great boo me but that's not what i want to talk about what i wanted to talk about are the two 4k blu-rays i came home with because you know, I can. You can't go and spend a gift card and only spend five bucks. Sure. No, 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 no. You have to spend more, right? Right up to the maximum of the gift card. Yeah. Like you got it. Got to spend more. No, that's that's very correct. So, now when you were in Best Buy searching for this keyboard, 
did someone come walk up next to you and like whisper in while your you were crouched or... down in a really really creepy way and go <laughs> hey <laughs> in a really breathy voice what are you doing <laughs> do you need some help what are you buying <laughs> what are you selling did that happen I, I no actually well that's just you didn't get the full best buy experience then. shame yeah. but my t- the two blu-rays that i bought one was detective pikachu oh boy we do need to do our episode on that that is a great movie we thoroughly enjoyed it it's so stupid but so great it's delightful it's a fun romp the second one i bought i i it caught my eye it's an Erica all-time favorite. As I was going to check out, it's also terrible. I I was I was I was actually walking up, and the lady at the the register was starting to talk to me already, and it caught my eye, and I was like, "Hold on one second, I'll be right back to go pick this up." That that Blu-ray, which diverted me, and probably made me rudely interrupt. The cashier lady. The girlfriend experience? What a world. Mm. Such a bad movie, Alex. I've never seen it. Oh, why oh is, my God. Why did they 4K that movie? Of, of all oh. the things to upgrade to 4K, Waterworld. What? How much did you pay for this? $14.99. Oh, you got fucked. Erica loves it. It's so bad, Alex. It's one well, of my favorite terrible what's movies. What's great is it was... It, on the shelf, it, it had the little stickers said fourteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. and she scans it and it comes up twenty nine ninety nine, <laughs> and I'm like, no. and no, and I'm sitting there. It's literally five feet from from the cashier, so like I, you can see it from where she's standing, and and like I can read it even. It's that close. So she walks over, gets the little thing. And it's like, really? You're actually going to make me do... Yeah, I can just see her dead behind the eyes. Well, like, she's a cashier at Best Buy, yeah. And I'm, it's like, uh, she's got to call a manager, and she's like... For Waterworld. For, she's like, oh, this this is a, this sticker's expired. It should have been, but, you know, we'll still give you the price and, you know, whatever. Bob's like, you're goddamn right you will. <laughs> and I'm like... First of all, who would pay $30 for Waterworld? You're paying 15 for it. Yeah, that's about as much as I'd be willing to spend on Waterworld. <laughs> it's so bad, Alex. It's, oh my God. But, oh, yeah, it's, 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 so the, it's fucking great. The, the funny thing about 4K Blu-rays is, uh, as I've come to find, because, you know, I buy, I tend to buy the, the 4K Blu-rays because um, instead of, uh, instead of digital because just if you're going to stream 4k you're going to blow through a data cap in no time and sure. i prefer not having the compressed video so i do tend to buy them and the prices on these blu-rays are all over the fucking map they really are it's kind of crazy like i remember like blu-rays standard blu-rays and dvds they all had pretty much a fixed price these 4Ks, I, they can be $12, they can be 36 It's They're all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. They So they definitely have, and I wonder if this may just be from having more sophisticated algorithms now that they can price movies more uh, 
price movies faster based on how much people want them and it's not as it's not as labor intensive to do that analysis um but it is kind of nuts how all over the place it is but now we have batman 89 to watch we also got the uh, 4k of uh, lion king which i really want to watch i'm intrigued by that i don't know that we've uh done a 4k of one of the Disney Renaissance movies yet. We've done so some Blu-rays. I'm sure it looks great. Character. Oh, it looks stunning. With, you know, expressive characters and not CGI monstrosities. Alien looked great. It did look great. In good. 4K. It's, that's the thing. Those film movies. Oh, they look wonderful. Uh, yeah. I would actually really enjoy to get a 4K of The Phantom Menace. Just to see how bad it looks. You realize when they ultimately release the original trilogy in 4K, it's going to be with the rest of the movies. You cannot buy just the original trilogy. They're not going to let you ever do that. No, no. Disney knows what they're doing. But shall we we talk AEW? Sure. It is funny when people do that, by the when companies do that, by the way, because all that does to me is drive people to piracy. See that they they made me do that for fucking Jurassic Park. I wanted Jurassic Park, the first movie in 4K. I would have accepted a box set of Jurassic Park: Lost World, of Jurassic Park Three. I would have been okay with that. I but no, they had to shove Jurassic World in there, which is an affront to everything Jurassic Park. Lost World is not good. Jurassic Park 3 is not good. But at least they're kind of in that realm. Jurassic World is a hunk of shit that just... Was you like, liked it the first time we The first saw time it. I watched it. This was a movie that, that fooled me in the theater. And I enjoyed watching it to see dinosaurs up in the screen. But then I went to watch it a second time after I had, had, had time to think about it. And I was like, this is a titanic piece of shit. Why did they do this? And you know what really got to me with that movie? Was when they played the score as they're on the tram going through the gate. They don't even have that music timed appropriately. That pissed me off so much. I remember that sitting there. And I was like, I'm going to turn my mind off because I want to see dinosaurs on the screen. But then I couldn't stop thinking about it. I kept thinking about it. Kept thinking about it. I was like, it just kind of ate away at me until I was ah! You know what that was right there? That was Charlie Kelly rant. <laughs> and I kind of appreciated it. We got to find more things for Bob to get that upset about. Right. Because that's only second to when we get you upset. <laughs> that was pretty good, though. It, it's fun watching it from the outside, you know? It doesn't no, happen it's very not fun often. being the one that's... No, really no, bad. it's horrible. It's great to watch it, though. Yeah. I would be interested to see what the timing was on that, how, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll say when we were in the theater watching Jurassic World, I was more mad than you were. I was like, I didn't even realize I liked Jurassic Park this much, but this movie fucking sucks. Well, I, I think I, I do have, like, I do have an ability to kind of turn my brain off a little bit more when I go to a theater. So, it, I mean, maybe that's why I enjoyed Hobbs and Shaw, or Hobbs and Shaw, um, whereas you didn't. Like, I, I can turn my brain off a With bit. certain things. Yeah. But AEW. What, all elite... War zone. Mm. Or wrestling. <laughs> oh, that. Either way. Yeah. yeah. 
We watched AEW All Out, hailing from Hoffman, Chicago Estates, Illinois. <laughs> I was a little mad because, like, I, I can if I'm sitting down for any length of time now, I cannot keep my fucking eyes open. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of falling asleep. You, you were not the, the only best one match on the show. Of course, I did. You were not the only one who fell asleep. I was, I was, no, I didn't fall asleep. I've my got, eyes were closed. I've got a great picture of here. Oh, Two of you just gonna passed to, out. You're going to have to delete that. <laughs> that was mad because I really wanted to watch the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. That was one, something I was really looking forward to. And then I fell asleep for most of it. I was kind of coming to and I saw some stuff, but. And then I was falling asleep during yeah, that the was, o- That was the, the best uh, thing on the show. Yeah, the end of that match got silly. It was. Oh, they were doing some dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part of that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'll have to look for it and see if I can't find it so I can rewatch it. But yeah, I sit down for any length of time and I'm, <laughs> I'm done. It sucks. Well, that's my issue too. Is I can't. I need to like something to really engage me. Otherwise, I my brain just turns off. But yeah, I uh, I'm glad we didn't go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we had the option, but if we did, I'm glad we didn't go, because it just it didn't was, resonate with it you. It was okay. It was a fine show. There was some stuff on the show that was good. The, the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks was very good. Um, I liked Hangman Page and Jericho. I thought that was a really good match. I thought it was solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Sheeta and um, Riho. Riho. I think maybe the wrong person won, but that's whatever. It's that's a very weird match for your opening AEW Women's Championship. Well, I know you expressed some uh, concern because uh, you watched the uh, uh, yeah the pre-show, the pre-show. right? <laughs> so, Bob, there's a woman in all the all the wrestling. Yes, she's in the Nia Jax mold. Ah. Uh. In all the worst ways. So Alex is concerned. <laughs> and she's wrestling for the title. So it's a problem. Does she have rock blood? She does not have rock blood as far as I know. But does she have Rhodes blood? No. Nah. I don't <laughs> I, think she has Rhodes I do blood. not believe no. there is any <laughs> Rhodes blood. Can we talk about how big of a nerd Cody is and how it's kind of the greatest thing? It was pretty He's funny. He's like, I want my wife to dress up a seven of nine. And then we're going to get Diamond Dallas Page in some hey, fucking Star Trek costume. You know what I will say, though? Mm-hmm. If you're going to dress up as Seven of Nine, the suit should be 40 times tighter than that, and you <laughs> should barely be able to breathe. Because that's what Jerry Ryan went through. Suffered damage. through. <laughs> if that corset isn't choking you to death, then you're just not cosplaying correctly. <laughs> Also, don't shoot off fucking fireworks and scare the shit out of your poor dog. Aww. They terrified poor Pharaoh. That was a bad time. Like, come on. What are you guys doing? No poor wubs. Tony Blanchard looks good, though. Yeah, and for Arn, an old dude. Arn, for an old guy, moves around pretty well. He's mm-hmm. not that big. I mean, he's a, he was always a bulky guy. He's always a big dude, but... Yeah, he still looks pretty good. He no, that was that was too. awesome when Arn came in and hit the spine buster on Sean Spears. Which um, I, I enjoyed that match overall. The Cody Rhodes Sean Spears match that was a, Cody's the, matches know, always tend to have a lot of outside interference, though. Yeah, he likes the shenanigans, which is getting a little old. Okay, you know what my main issue with the show was? 
one as we discussed many bad entrance themes but two the show was laid out very strangely like i prefer the new japan stuff where it's kind of like we do the prelim stuff and we build you ramp and we you build, ramp up right and everything's better than the previous thing right. for the most part yeah you know generally that's what ends up happening this show was very strange because it was like scu versus luchasaurus jungle boy and marco stunt Jurassic which Express, yes totally makes sense to open the show with that because scu is very much an opening show act that's great that's well, and the crowd is Perfect. in love and with that Luchasaurus. Match, that match too. was awesome. Yeah, that was match great. was awesome. Luchasaurus is awesome. The whole thing was... I was very happy with that match for what it was. It's a great opening match. But then to follow it up with Omega and Pac... I thought that was odd. Very weird. And then, like, I think... Was the Dark Order versus the Best Friends right after... No, no, no. no there was what a death was right match, after, wasn't it? No, no, no. Yeah, it was the death match right after. The, the Cracker Barrel Showdown or whatever it was called. It's fucking Which ridiculous. was fine for what it was, but I didn't really care, and I'm not into that style of match. It doesn't so do that, much for me. And then that was followed, I believe, by Dark Order versus Best Friends, which was a total nothing match up until Orange, Orange Cass- Qu- Cassidy yeah. came out. Who is a joy. <laughs> Orange Cassidy's the best. <laughs> but that was like just like – and then – and the show kind of went like it was weird the kind of show went kind of went like up and down and up and down so that was one of the reasons it was hard to stay into it mm-hmm. and i feel like that's a very wwe way to lay, lay out a show. show and i didn't appreciate that at all where it's like okay hot match cool down match hot match cool down. it's like no just just yeah go all that it ended up accomplishing was like cooling me down <laughs> big time right then i got tired and i fell the fuck asleep during the good stuff so I did feel that um, there were numerous parts during the show that the crowd seemed pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's because, well, there's stuff like from the beginning, no one has cared about the Dark Order. And other than when they hug each other, no one actually cares about the best friends. So when you put them in a match together, it's death. I mean, I care about Chuck Taylor, but that's that's um, me. And that's such a Chikara holdover, so... Yeah, yeah. in terms of what they do on these AEW shows, I don't think anybody really cares. And Dark Order, they gotta go. (laughs) Like, there's the door... Don't let you. Don't let it hit you in the ass. On the I will say I, I have seen some of the Super Smash Brothers on uh, when they were up in, um, I think it was Smash Wrestling up in Canada, and they're they're fun. They're a fun tag team, but I've never seen them as heels, so it's not doing much for me. Yeah, it's bad. Um, no, I liked. Yeah, I liked Sheeta and Riho. I I liked most of the show, but the way they laid it out. Didn't sit right really with you. made it a struggle, and I felt like most of the matches were too long. Like Best Friends and Dark Order, that should have been like a seven-minute match, and I would guess it went more like fifteen. Like it just felt like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it didn't go fifteen, then it felt like it. So it's the same, which match, is never good, regardless. Right, right. But most of the matches felt way too long. Uh, Pac and Kenny Omega was very slowly paced at the beginning, like very slowly paced. And then I think it kind of kept a slow pace because they were hurting themselves, which didn't help. No. And then I think you were out. But during the Young Bucks uh, Lucha Brothers match, 
they were doing some crazy shit. I didn't see anything like the second half of that match. I was asleep. They were yeah. doing some crazy shit, <laughs> like landing on ladders bad. Well, uh, one of the uh, young bucks, uh, they he did a, they did a spot where they pushed the ladder towards the ropes, and he was supposed to land on the tables. Caught his uh, ankle on the top rope. And only th- hit, like, just barely hit the table. I think I did see that. That was I kind of came to for there, that. There was another one where they, like, I think they pulled Matt Jackson off of one of the ladders, and he, like, fell onto another ladder. And he, like, the ladder was sideways like this. Like, I can't, I'm making, like, a V with my hand. Mm-hmm. And he landed, like, right in the middle. Like, yeah. It looked terrible. I was like, oh, my God. These guys that night. Like, please stop trying to kill yourselves. Must have just, like, laid in a bathtub because there's no way. Like, they needed to be iced down heavily, I would imagine. They were some – there were some bad bumps in that match. Yeah. And I'm only remembering, like, a couple of them. There were some – there were, like, four things where I was like, dude, that had to hurt. You have a family. Please stop. I thought the announcing was pretty solid. Yeah, I like it. My only issue with the trio is I think sometimes Excalibur and Golden Boy sound almost exactly the same. So it can be really hard to tell who's talking. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me of, I think it was the maybe like the second May Young Classic where Beth Phoenix and Renee Young were doing commentary together. And they sound almost exactly the same when you're not, like, watching them talk. Right, so it can be kind of hard to distinguish. And it's like, wait, who's talking right now? And is it the same person talking to themselves? <laughs> you know? Like, and that's what I kind of had the feel. Like, JR is a very distinctive Oh, voice, yeah. Right? Yeah, you know when it's JR And talking. I think if, you know, I think if, like, let's say when they start on TNT, the booth is JR, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. That's three very distinctive voices. Mm-hmm. So I would probably actually prefer that, even though I thought Golden Boy was good on the show. I mean, I didn't. Have I any thought he issue. did a good job. Yeah, I thought he was good, but I just—they both sound so much alike that it's a little weird. Only major problem I had was Jr. kept calling Jungle Boy Jungle Jack. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, dude, come on. Yeah, I don't know what the deal. You, with you that get the was. feeling Excalibur was kind of poking him and being like, not wanting to correct him because he's Jr. But. No, I thought I it was think, a solid show. I think show. JR, to me, in AEW, feels reinvigorated. Like, he, when I had seen him in WWE recently, he did. He seemed out of place. When he was doing New Japan, he seemed out of place. AEW, it feels like he's into it, and he knows the product, and he generally knows the people, mm-hmm. and he's, he's trying to make it better. Right, he's comfortable. And I think that helps, that helps a lot. Um... Because I don't think there's anybody, I don't know if this is true or not, but you don't have a crazy person barking in your I ear. I would think it's unlikely. Right. Um, like I know you trust they, the announcers to do their jobs. There were two thing, pieces of news that I saw. So I saw Tony Khan said he wants to make the All Out show a yearly show. like So about the same time every year, it sounds like at the Sears Center, which... I mean, if I had the demand they did, I would go to a bigger building, but... Me too. Whatever. Um, well, I think your problem is you've got the Sears Center or the United Center. 
United right. Center. The Allstate's going to be off limits. Uh, they could sell out the United Center, though. The, this, did I tell you about that? That when the tickets went on sale for All Out, it was the highest single-day demand for a wrestling show in the history of the United States? They there could sell like, out the United there Center. There were 80,000 people in line. Well, So they could have sold the United Center out in a blank. Well, and especially if you make it like a weekend like they tend to do. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be fine with it. You're not getting into the Allstate because that's just not going to happen, but that's fine. Um, and then the other piece of news, which I thought is really, really sucks, is Kylie Ray asked for her release and they granted it. I saw and that. it sounds like she's done. Like, it doesn't sound like she's going to WWE. It Wrestling sounds like is just, she's, she's done just with it. done. Like, I don't know what happened if maybe she has some sort of issue or maybe she got injured or something mm-hmm. speaking of this isn't related to AEW Casey Catanzaro also was granted her release from WWE she's done really she got a back injury and she doesn't want to wrestle anymore I mean you can't blame somebody for that that sucks though because she looked like she had potential it does suck because she w- she and they need yeah. more real athletes for the women's division and not models mm-hmm yeah, that does suck. Well, anytime, and there's always like some you don't know exactly what happened. It's like, well, it's just yeah, it's weird because Kylie Ray just sort of like had a really good showing at uh, was it, was it Double All or in? Nothing, wasn't it? No, it was Double or Nothing. We didn't maybe see it her was life. Double or Nothing. Yeah, okay, so yeah, it was Double or Nothing. She had a great showing in that match with Britt Baker and um, who else was in that match? Wasn't that Nyla Rose and Awesome Kong? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was great in that match, and I was really like, "Wow, they're gonna do the Bailey thing right." Mm-hmm. And then she just like disappeared off the face of the earth, and then like months later, it's like, "Oh, we've given her her release." Hmm. So yeah, I don't know what happened, but it sucks. It does. It sucks, especially when it's somebody with a lot of potential. Yeah. And I think she wrestled around here. She was from like freelance and shit if memory serves but yeah i mean if you get injured that's not something you want to fuck with yeah i don't know what happened if yeah if it was injury or maybe some other sort of issue i don't know what happened but yeah we'll see maybe she'll come back one day because that was sad you hope it wasn't anything you know shady yeah that would be ideal uh, yes yes it would (laughs) well and then the weekly show starts in what like a month just October second. October second. Yeah. So isn't today the second? Actually, it is the day we're so, recording. This yeah, is the second. My month from today. So, I, you know, when I was on Xbox last night, I think. Um, yeah, we played it overcooked, and then you you jumped on. Yeah. Um, I I brought up, or no, I think it may have been Saturday night that um, I had been reading news about all out and uh i figured you would probably be like trying to say bob do not spoil anything but we couldn't hear you because your headset just sucked um but dog actually just piped in and said no spoiler um which i wasn't going to spoil anything anyways but with the, what i was getting to was um i was reading news on cbs's website about all out um but what their their section for wrestling 
is just titled WWE. They don't just it's not it's not bannered wrestling or anything else. Right. So uh so I'm sitting there reading about all out and at the top it says WWE. It just looked kind of ridiculous. And that's all there is to that story. I went to Canada once. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested in seeing how the weekly show is because they still have a lot of kinks to iron out, you know, production-wise, laying out the show. There's a ton of positives about AEW right now, but I think if let's just say for the sake of argument that Vince actually stays out of NXT and NXT stays at the level of quality that it's at, AEW actually has a problem if their shows are going to be the quality of all out because the NXT takeovers are always blow away shows. Yes, correct. And this was not a blow away show. No. Um, so they need, you know, they need to figure some things out. Yeah. I think I was, you know, on the whole though, I felt like I saw some progress tonight on their part Mm -hmm. in terms of production quality. Um, I think you're exactly right about the music. Um, there's only a handful of people who have good themes and everyone else kind of sucks. Um, this is going to be weird to say, but I think they actually need their intros to be a little longer and a little bit well more well-produced. Um, because it, the, I, one, of the, one of the weird things I thought tonight was, like, the video packages they had for some of the matches were, like, really, really short. And then they didn't transition well. Mm. Um, in fact, I think, like, at one point, they actually brought up the announce team. And uh, JR was literally like, and this video will give you the details. And, it, you know, it just felt a little wonky. So, some stuff to work out there. But I think, like, they definitely seem like they're getting the... They're getting there. They're getting there. They're making progress. And I think that's that's way more important than it probably should be. Um, but if they're going to compete on that level with WWE, that's stuff they need to nail down. I also think it's impossible that Vince isn't going to worm his way into NXT. Oh, for sure. And as soon as he gets the claws in, you're, you're just done. If, let's say it's October 2nd, and... You know, we find out the next day that NXT did triple the rating of AEW. I think he'll probably, like, stay out. But if it's the opposite, like, if AEW does, like, 500,000 more viewers than NXT, Vince is going to be lodged so far up Triple H's I ass. don't, I don't, honestly, I don't think he gives Hunter the chance. I think he gets involved right from get-go. Because Vince is he's he just wants to to destroy everything in its path. And he wants to destroy all that is good and pure. Yeah, and I mean he he's a micromanager. Yeah, he is. Yes. He I, if he's putting that, if he anything that's live TV, Vince just has that need to control. And um, the only stuff he gives anyone any control over are house shows. Uh, NXT like stuff that's not live and so I think NXT I think I here's what I think is going to happen he's going to fuck with NXT this first time he's it's not 
going to do as well as it's done or, you know, it's going to get some lukewarm reaction or it will, you know, because it's only the first time he has his hands in it, it will still do well. And he'll be like, oh, well, I can run it, you know, and it will reaffirm him. There's no way he doesn't just run it into the ground. Long term. Maybe quality wise, but what WWE has going for them is they've reached the bottom of their viewership, which is about 2 million people. And no matter how bad the show is, those 2 million people are going to watch. Now, the question is, is are those 2 million people going to watch on Wednesday? Well, exactly. Are you watching wrestling Monday, Wednesday, and SmackDown's moving to Friday, right? Right. It's a lot. And possibly on Saturday and Sunday. It's a lot to ask of people. Yeah. I also like that AEW pay-per-views are on Saturdays. So do I. I think that's cool. Oh, I love the Saturday thing. It's like the... I hate shit on Sunday. Like, why is the Super Bowl on Sunday? That should be on Saturday. Because football's on every Sunday. But I want to go and get drunk and have fun with people. I can't do that on a Sunday night when I have to work on Unless Monday. Unless you take the Monday off, right? Right. I the same thing with Mania. It's like... Well, and now that Mania is so fucking long, it's like... Well, you know what you have to do if you want a day off, like, the Monday after the Super Bowl? You have to try to get it off, like, in July. But why do I have to take it off? Why, if they had it on Saturday, I wouldn't have to take it off. I prefer the pay-per-view on Saturday. Because it's always been on Sunday, and they're not moving things that are established. That's the reason. Oh, yeah. No, I I understand it. I just hate it. (laughs) You know? Like, I don't mind Sunday football games during the day. Because it's during the day. Right. But, you know, like the night game, if you actually want to sit and actually go out and have a night of it, you're either going to have a miserable day of work the next day or, you know, you're got to take off. And it's really annoying. And I'm not going to do that for sports, you know, and I would do that if it was on Saturday. I mean, I have been known to take the day after Mania off because usually I, mean, I didn't this year for obvious reasons, but. Usually I get exceptionally shitty. Well, and that's like, yet. yeah, if if that's like, if that's your thing, right? If you're going to, if you're a huge wrestling fan, you're going to, you're going to go all out for mania <laughs> or you're a huge football fan. And even though the bears will never be in the Super Bowl again, you still want to really uh-huh. watch the Super Bowl and have a party like, okay, that's fine. You're going to take that day. That's going to be your one you know, your big sports event for the year, and you're going to take a day. My favorite is still Seth Rollins getting the bear-colored tights for the Royal Rumble last year. <laughs> or this year. And, hey, oh. hey, Bob, at least the Bears' ownership isn't actively supporting the Trumpster like <sighs> Dolphins' ownership is. Uh, you know how when the last time I gave the Dolphins' organization a cent of my money? You're a weird guy, Ace. <laughs> weird guy. <laughs> But then again, I won't give them any money until, you know, they put a product on the field that's worth watching, and they haven't done that in years. The Bears at least got a product worth watching. Yep. And there's no way the McCaskies aren't giving Trump money. They're rich fucks, too. But it's different to be public about it. <laughs> if you're smart, you're quiet about it. <laughs> Fucking ricketses. I can't wait. I can't wait for Nagy. To just go off the deep end because he's so freaked out about kickers. And, you know, it's just going to be every day. before, Every day at practice is going to be the double doink video. 
Put it up on the Jumbotron. That's what he's been doing. He's been drawing all the attention to it, so I can't wait for the kicker to crack. <laughs> it'd be post it'd be post interview post game interviews and Shaking. it'd be like, eh, it's the double doink. Uh I was actually asking about the, you know, the running back. He's got but the twitch the just double doink. Double, double you don't you don't understand. After I watched that video of uh, I think it was Carly Lloyd drilling a fifty fifty five yard field goal, I was like, just bring her in. There's no reason not to. I, so, yeah, but cooties, Alex. So I read some interesting stuff about that. Um, obviously, it, look, just to, I know, obviously it's different to kick when you're just standing out there in a field and there's no pressure uh-huh. versus 11 300-pound men who can run like three-second 40s <laughs> running at you. Yeah. That's a completely different scenario. Well, you know, I think it would be interesting to put her in some pads and break her out for a uh, practice session. Yeah, and put actual pressure on her and see what happens. Yeah. See how accurate she is. Because uh, I'm sure you could find a shitload of soccer players who can boot a football 70 yards. Oh, for sure. But it's hitting that accurate, you know, well, being accurate all the time. It's being accurate. But the other thing is also, are you going to are you going to actually pay – a kicker enough for them to do that you know to come over well, from soccer which they apparently love. she's not making jack shit in soccer no but but so. but she is a soccer player she loves playing so that's the that's the bridge you got to gap too it's not only got to be a buttload of money they got it's got to be enough money that they're like yeah okay i'll give up soccer to come kick a football also you would have to it would drive the special teams coordinator crazy because you would have to accept that your kicker is absolutely never going to even attempt to tackle. So, you know, the special teams coordinator would just go. I would almost prefer that because you don't want your kicker to get. Oh, it depends on the situation. Well, you know, right? well, no, I, I, I don't think there's any situation I really want the kicker tackling. Same with the quarterback. You know, it, it, it's one of those things that it's, the fans love to see. It's the, but it's, the risk is so high. No, again, it's the same thing. It depends on the scenario. Right. It's the playoffs. There's five minutes left in the game. Yeah, you I mean, there's – Yeah, you're you right. You need to you're go right. for the tackle. Yeah. It's the, it's the same situation. You kick off. Everyone else gets dusted. It's you versus the return man. Yeah. And if you're a 120-pound woman, you're probably going to get dusted on that play. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to go well. Probably. But I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting. Uh, I mean, the the more important question though, Alex, is how are they going to handle the locker room situation? Oh man, just dicks everywhere. You just what you. This is actually what they would do in all seriousness. You know what the football players would do? First time she walked in, they'd all be naked. That's what they would do. And it's like okay, <laughs> that's exactly. She'd be like, cool, dicks, good for you, congratulations. Cool guys. But you know they'd haze her. Never everyone, seen that before. Everyone gets fucking hazed. You're getting hazed too. Hey, what else? That's Dicks. just football. Here are tits and a vagina. Okay, let's move on with our days. But I think it's an interesting idea. Um, and I guess two teams asked her to try out or something. Sure. There's most of the kickers suck. Why not? Take a flyer. It's no risk because there's no guaranteed money in the NFL. What do you think about kicking in the NFL just in general? Oh, I would eliminate it. We've had this discussion before. Yeah, I would. We, we've talked about this. I would eliminate it. I think it doesn't add anything to the game. Me either. I think it's dumb. It's it's just to get 
the only support I have for it is it gives you a moment to like get up and pee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, but it just seems goofy. It gives you a way to outplay a team and then lose because your kicker can't hit field goals. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for being here in your own home. Mm. Yeah. And hug me. Hold me tight. This has been a Puma Knife production. <laughs>